0: The Lamb of God. You know, tonight, um, sharing a few things um, along the title that we wasn't here last week, but I, but the last time I preached was my title was God's Way, <clears throat> and um, it, it it's it's got to become in our lives it's got to become exciting to live in this earth it's for us it's got to be an exciting thing um because you know i mean every time we come in here we're we're going to talk about things that relate to god and his word and and so when you, when you think about life and you think about just in general the things that, that ha- are happening on this planet, um, you have to go back to what God has said about it for us to know. And, 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 and the earth belongs to him. And the fullness of it is his. And the problem is that he gave us authority And mankind screwed it up. That's the problem. It's not God's problem. God's never made a mistake, ever, never will. The issue is not God. The issue is what he gave to man and how man messed that up. And so, but yet what's really exciting is that through Jesus Christ, he's forgiven all of mankind for everything. And and. Whatever mankind screws up next week, He's already forgiven mankind of anything that happens. He's already forgiven us. So where we've got to be motivated in the earth, we've got to be actively motivated about living today, right now, and being responsible for what we do with what we have. When was the last time that you reminded somebody of something they did wrong I'm just tell you right now that's not your job nowhere did you receive a license and a badge to go around and point out everybody's faults Not your job now the Bible talks about correction And it talks about discipline, but it has to be done His way. What are we talking about tonight? God's way. God has a way, and there is no other way. And I promise you, no other way will work except His way. That's it. And see, the problem is sometimes things happen, and then we react based on what we think His way is. And i just tell you right now, that's the worst thing you can do. When something happens and the potential is there for you to react, back it up, back the truck up, put it in reverse, meditate, thank God we can pray in the Spirit and get God's mind on things and know what to do, and then respond, or not, based on what God says. This is an exciting time to be alive. I mean exciting. Not because everything is right, but because God is. And the revelation that is in the earth right now has never been in the earth ever before, ever, in the history of the world. The the, the church has not had the revelation. When you go back and you read about the early church, there's some amazing things that happened with the little revelation that they had. But never has there been the revelation in the earth that there is right now. To whom much is given, much is expected and required of. But we can't see that as a negative either. we got to see that as, wow, man, we can do something with this. We can make a difference on planet earth. And tonight, in talking about God's way, I want to just, I want to just, I'm just going to talk. And I'm going to use about four passages of scripture, maybe five, whatever it is. And just talk about God's structure and what that looks like. What God's structure in the earth looks like. Matthew 6 33, we've read that a number of times, even in our Sunday messages, having to do with something else. But I just want to look at that again. Matthew 6 and verse 33. And I just, for the second time, I'm just going to read it out of the Amplified. And it says, But seek, aim at, and strive after, first of all, his kingdom and his righteousness, which is his way. That's where I got the title of this message was from the scripture. It's his way. It's actually his way or there isn't a way. You might be thinking you're working on a way, and if it ain't his way, it ain't working. So there's his way or no way. Amen. But seek at aim after and strive after first of all his kingdom and his righteousness, his way of doing and being right, and then everything else will be everything else will fall right into place. So, if you're busy in life downloading his way and you're seeking after that, then everything else will work. Just the way God set it up. Think about it. On a planet where it's not working. I don't care what, it, what you think looks like it's working. I don't care what people say about what they appear to be working. If they don't have God's DNA operating and functioning in their life, I'm telling you it's not working. I don't care how much money they have or don't have. I don't care how many things they have or don't have. I don't care how much education they have or don't have. It's not working if God's not being downloaded because there's only one way. Everybody hold your finger up. One way. And it's His way. There's His way or there's no way. So we've got to be excited about it. And and to do that, you have to embrace the Word of God. It has to be final authority that settles everything in your life. It has to be that way. Now, again, you weren't given a badge to be some Nazi going around trying to force the Word on people or situations. That's not your job. And when we look at structure tonight I want you to really be able to embrace that and to understand how God's structure is here to benefit us. When we read something, I'm going to read some things tonight that will step on everybody's toes. Myself included. But when you read something like this we can't push away from it. We've got to move toward it. So I'm just going to, I made a lot of notes for tonight, and so I'm just going to read some of the things that I've got written down here. Um, so, when I bring a message like this to you, I've dug this out so that you can dig. If you don't get something that is challenging you, you're, you don't have anything to dig with. Because the Holy Spirit reveals things to you personally like I'll bring this message tonight and you'll get something if you're listening you'll get something that will relate to your life and then it's what you do with it that will determine what revelation will come to you but I'm giving you something to dig with amen I'm digging I've dug bringing this word so you can dig and when you start digging become doers and not just hearers of the word because Because it's the word that is the difference in everything. It's not not just whether you're born again or not. It's not whether you go to church or not. It's, It's not whether you have knowledge of the word or not. It's what you do with what you have. Because it's the Word that is the life that, we're, that all of mankind is looking for. You've heard me say this multiple times throughout the year. Everybody on planet Earth is looking for God. Whether they know it or not, everybody's looking for God. Because when you find God and you find revelation like I'm talking to you about tonight, why, nothing else matters. You can't settle for anything less than who God really is. Because He made you. You are a part of His DNA, whether you know it or not. All of humanity was created in the image of God. We're all part of God. We all came from Him. And the fact that we came from Him, the only thing that makes us work and operate is Him. So I want to give you some structure in what that looks like. I'm going to start in First Timothy 3. That was a long introduction, right? First Timothy 3. And verse 1. This is a faithful saying. If a man desires the position of a bishop, he desires a good work. A bishop then must be blameless, the husband of one wife. Let 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 me say this about bishop. A lot of times we can get We can think a lot of things about that. But what a bishop is is an overseer. I am am the bishop of gates of the city. Ah, We don't use that word and we don't put it up or say anything about it. But based on the word, I'm the overseer. My wife and I are the pastors' overseers of gates of the city. We're that bishop. Okay. Now, what we're going to talk about and look in, in other passages of Scripture you, you could be the bishop of your business. You could be the overseer of a business, okay? You can be the overseer of your home, and we're going to talk about about three or four structures here in just the next few minutes and, and look at what the Bible says about it. and you need to know this and you need to believe that this is really real. okay? Now, notice what he said about a bishop, about an overseer, somebody that oversees something. He's talking about the church here, but but based on some other scriptures we'll read, he's talking about any oversight position. A bishop must be blameless, the husband of one wife, temperate, sober-minded, of good behavior, hospitable, able to teach, not given to wine, not violent, not greedy for money, but gentle, not quarrelsome, not covetous. And then look at verse 4 and 5. This is what I want to focus on. One who rules his own house well, having his children in submission with all reverence. For if a man does not know how to rule his own house, how will he take care of the church of God? Now, what's interesting about that, I've heard that preached many, 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 many times. This passage of Scripture many times. I've heard it preached through the years. And, you know, there's a lot said here, and you could look at all these, and you could find things or whatever about it. But what I see here, what what really stands out to me is this. For you and I, members of the church, the body of Jesus Christ, for us to be leaders, we have to rule our home well. We have to rule our home because in the passage here, what qualifies a leader is not degrees. It doesn't say if you have enough degrees or enough education. It doesn't say if you're spiritual enough. It doesn't talk about how much word you know. It it doesn't talk about how successful you are in the world's eyes or those kind of things. What it talks about is what your home looked like. Now, to be an overseer in business world and be effective, to be an overseer in the church world and to be effective, your home's got to be right. Did I say that your home had to be perfect? Now, you know, it was probably my hearing, but that's what I heard when I heard this preached in my early years. You know, if your home isn't perfect, man, I mean... Some bishop's going to be coming around looking at your life under a, you know, under a micro, microscope or magnifying glass and seeing every little thing that you've not done right. How many know that when you're, when you're structuring something, like in a home, it can be dang messy? Hmm? You know, a lot of what was written here was written in times when they had huge families. There was always something going on. Hmm? You could have ten kids and, you know, one's thinking about heading off to college and then there's a dirty diaper in another room. You know what I'm saying? There's always something messy going on when you're structuring. So not a whole lot of the time is everything right. When when you're looking and, and you find things that appear to be everything right, A lot of times what people are doing, they're covering up because they don't want to admit what's wrong. That's the worst thing you can do. See, if there's something that's not right, let's get rid of it. Let's find out. Let's get the word. Let's find out how to get rid of it. But you will not get rid of it, number one, if you don't admit it. And number two, if you don't learn how to be a doer of the word. It doesn't just go. Dang, I wish it would, but it doesn't. It will not just leave. I'll just talk about church life for a moment. The demands on church life, when you're in my position, are a whole lot heavier than home life. When you're in my position, I'm just telling you. Like, if you, run, if you own a business, the demands in the business life are a whole lot more than home life. And people think, well, not, not necessarily. Yeah, I promise you. That's why the structure of the church is the home. Because if the home's right, then the church will be right. If the home's right, then the business will be right. If the home's right, whatever it is else that you do will be effective when the home is right. So, with that in mind... Tonight, I just got a few little things of just looking at some breakdown of the home and each individual person in the home and church life and business life. And so just bear with me as, as we go through a few things right here. Um, and, and I heard someone make a statement similar to this, but... Then I thought through it, and as I was defining both of these words, this is what I feel like God showed me. Um, in, in this country, in, in this nation, we live in a democracy. And it's the best form of government that's out there, but it's not God's best. God's best is a theocracy where he rules. Can you say amen to that? If you can't, think about this. <clears throat> the reason there's a democracy in a world and an earth that belongs to him, the reason there's a democracy is because of Adam and Eve. Why is there a democracy? What, what happens in a democracy? It's, it's, it's government of the people for the people And it creates check and balances. Why? Because we can't be trusted. So God's best is a theocracy, meaning he rules and we do exactly what he says. And yet, the Bible is full of setting up in the earth his church as a form of a democracy. Because he knows we can't be trusted. And the truth is, you can't trust yourself. That's why you need something and somebody that's higher than you are. You need somebody that you purposely submit to. That's God's structure and God's way of operating in the earth. He set it up that way, and that's the way it has to be. And yet, yet what we're looking for individually, see, and the way it it becomes this for me personally, see, I'm living in a democracy, but the more I'm a doer of the word and the more I obey exactly what God says, not needing other people's approval, not needing everybody to know what a Great Joe I was and I accomplished this thing and, you know, pat on the back and all these kind of things. When I become obedient, then I, in my world, it is a theocracy. I will not do, only, I'll only do what God says. And yet, and yet, I'm going to obey the laws of the land. I'm going to pay my taxes. I'm going to do the things that need to be done in the natural realm because I live in a democracy. And yet the world that I'm framing is a theocracy because I live for God and God alone. And the more obedient I become to that, the more God can trust me and he can allow my world. See, the reason that our worlds, were, when they're framed by the word of God, were framed that way, the, way he, the reason he wants them framed that way is because he wants people to see your world and say, what is it about his world what is it about her world? What is it What is it that's different about my world? We're both living in a democracy, yet the world I framed for me to live in is this way. He says, I do. Where do we get that structure and where do we get that picture from? All through the Bible. Let's look at a couple things so the authority of an individual is okay the three parts of my life okay I'm just talking about myself I'm talking about all of us but individually the three parts of our life is spirit soul and body right I am a spirit I have a soul I live in a body what determines what my body does What determines what my body does is determine the information that is going to control it. If an unrenewed mind, soul, mind, will, and emotions is unrenewed and has no word, and I'm not a doer of the word, I'm not developing, I'm not getting rid of some things that are no good, if that's happening, then my body's going to do what my unrenewed mind tells it to do. But if I renew my mind, and my mind becomes a servant to my spirit man then my spirit tells my body through my soul, we're not doing that. We're not putting up with that. We're not tolerating that thing. Why? Because of of the structure that there is in heaven in the church. Now, think about this in relation to what I just said about you and I. Think about this. So, in the home... This is God's word about the home, okay? There's three parts to the home. First part is the man. And he's to be a husband when he's married. And once he's married, is the, the plan is to have children. Some people do, some people, I'm just saying, that, that those are the three hats that God talks about the man wearing. He's a man, number one. He's a husband. And he's a father. That's what we were created for. Okay? Now, a good man will produce a good husband. And a good husband will produce a good father. And think of it like this. You will not be a bad father and a good husband, or vice versa. You won't be a bad husband, but, you know, I'll just be good to these kids. You might think you're being good to them, but if you're not treating your wife the way God told you to treat your wife, it won't be good for your kids. You know why? Because, and we'll talk about this in a moment, but just remember that I said this because I'll repeat it. Children will do what you say to a certain point. Children will do what you say to a certain point. Then, when they don't have to do what you say and they grow up, you know what they do? They do what you did. They will end up doing what you did, not what you said. I'm just talking about this God's plan. It's his way, right? And remember what I said earlier. See, no matter where you're at today in life, God takes us right here, right where we're at, right here, and he, and he shows us how powerful that we can be today to accomplish any and everything that we need to accomplish today on. Anybody do something this week that you wish you hadn't done? Anybody? you hands, okay, you wish you hadn't done, okay, so when in the next couple of days are you going to go back and fix that? You can't, you already did it, I mean, you can make up for it, you can, you know, if you said something ugly to somebody, you can go repent, but you can't take that back, it's already done, tomorrow, I mean, yesterday is over, tomorrow is coming. If I realize I'm spirit, soul, and body, and I'm applying the word and I'm dealing with my soul and renewing my mind and empowering my body to have control over how I respond in every situation, then I won't find myself in cleanup mode all the time, always having to repent. I'll find myself stopping before I make stupid mistakes. That's where you begin to frame your world in this theocracy that is the kingdom of God. Man, that's a good point. The kingdom of God is a theocracy. It's not up for vote and debate. If God said it, that's the way it is. But you got to dig it out. I've spent years getting revelation and pieces of what I'm sharing with you tonight. And I'm just sharing just a little little nugget of it. You've heard me share along these lines. But I've never shared like this. This Sunday you'll hear a message. i never shared like that before. Because I'm not just re-preaching something I've preached before. I want to hear what God has to say. Huh? He's telling us. We're living in a time when you want to strike. You don't want to be afraid of structure. In our men meet, in our, our uh, men make men, uh, series that we started on Monday. Man, guys, was that good or what? Man, it was awesome. But in that Men Make Men, um, he talked about structure in there. And he said, You know, I can hear, I can feel people. I mentioned structure and I can feel the men going, Oh my gosh, I have to do this and I have to. It's not I have to do, it's we get to. God's way is a liberating way. We get to be obedient, not have to be, we get to. And, I, and he's already done everything for all. We got to do is just say, "Yes, sir, I'm just going to do it. I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it every single time. I'm going to do it, do it, do it, do it, do it." Amen. Second one in the home is the woman. To be a wife, to be a mother, right? Same thing. A good woman will be a good wife and a good mother. You will not be, you will not be a bad mother and a good wife. You might think so, but the bad that is there in the way you're raising your kids will affect your relationship with your husband and everybody else around you. You may not think so at certain times, but eventually it will. See, you know what? You know what's the good thing? This is the thing. This is what I'm trying to say to you tonight. And I'm just using the word bad. If there's any bad in you, in other words, that's not of God, just get rid of it. Well, Pastor, that's easier said than done. Not really. Not really. Not with things like that we give you from this place, that we preach from this place. When you get that, if you just do something. Listen, the preached word will not set you free. But the preached word will position you to be able to receive revelation that the Holy Spirit, the true teacher, will reveal to you individually. So everybody sitting in here tonight, if your ears are open, you can get something from this message. And the Holy Spirit will just say, you know what? I want you to do that. Lee, I want you to work on this area right here. Dale, I want you to work on this. Right? Man, I want you to do this right here. Joy, I want you to work this. Thing. But each and every, every person as we're going around the room, he'll, he'll deal with something different in all of us. That's how great he is. So whatever that thing is that's not right, let's just get rid of it. We have to meditate. Oh, my gosh, if I just would have done that. If I just would have raised my kids right. And I'm not saying that there's not regret. I'm not saying that. Because you have to battle with that. Man, you can make a difference from today on by changing your attitude and your responses and the things that you deal with on a day-to-day basis. You can change things from today on. And Remember, you're not the sheriff in town to remind people of all their mistakes. That's not you. And listen, if you're doing that, that's bad. Say, that's bad. Get rid of it. Get rid of that attitude. Get your focus off other people and meditate on the things that you need to be dealing with so that your life can be ready to help other people. You know what a ready person is full of? Mercy. A ready person who is dealt and is dealing with themselves is not judgmental. See, because... See, a lot of times, and I'm, a, I'm, you know, I'm a man. I'm not a woman, but I live with, a, you know, my wife and my gang and all that kind of thing. And we've been around each other for a long time. And so I hear and see different things that go on with women and all that kind of stuff. So everybody thinks a little bit different at at at, at times. But at the end of the day, at the end of the day. What was I going to (laughs) say? I have the the mind of Christ and I always remember. (laughs) Yes, a, a ready person is full of mercy. But the tendency is, okay, the tendency with this unrenewed mind that in every situation and moment needs to be renewed, the tendency is to judge based on your insecurity. Tendency is to judge based on your insecurity. So, what is that? Bad. Get rid of it. You don't want that. That's affecting you, it's affecting your witness, it's affecting your ability to have mercy for other people and see them delivered. The kindness of God is what leads a person to repentance, not anything else, not judgment. Not hammering it down their throat, not looking at them with your nose turned up and having an attitude. Toward, that will never turn people to where they... Now, it'll turn them away from you, but it won't turn them away from the thing that is keeping them in bondage, ever. God's structure is the key. The third part of the family is the children. The children. And in, in, the, in, in the world we live in, Children are raised, and, and what parents that are taking responsibility for them, what I realized early on, what someone told me was, your children are not yours. They're on loan from God to you. And God's wanting you to grow up so you can raise them correctly. And what happens is, one of the best things, I, 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 heard, a, I heard a lady say this one day said, you know, I I will never allow my children to be responsible, my my older children to be responsible for the younger children. I heard someone say this. And I I remember, it was a long time ago, and I asked my wife, she and I were talking, I was asking her about it, and we were talking about it. And I thought, you know, I can understand what she's saying. Don't don't put the responsibility on a 15-year-old to raise a 4-year-old. Now, now, there may be a situation where that, that has to happen. I mean, there's no there's no other way around it. But I'm talking in a setting where you're working at things. Don't put that responsibility on an older one to raise them, but put the responsibility on an older one so that they'll be responsible to help out in those situations. See, that's what we're to do. Third part of the family is the children, and the children were created to obey and do what their parents said. And if they do, they'll live long on the earth. Is that a good thing? So when it talked about husbands in these three parts, and, and, and I, I wrote this down. Um, with, with, a, with a husband, husbands were created to love their wives and to give themselves to their wives, Wives were created to submit to their husbands in the marriage relationship, and children were created to obey. But part of the husband's responsibility and the father's responsibility is not to frustrate his kids. Because when the husband doesn't frustrate his children, then they'll grow up And they'll want to take responsibility and they'll want to submit and they'll want to give themselves and love other people. Why? Because of the examples that they see in the home. Listen, when the home's strong, the church is strong. When the home's strong, your business will be strong. When the home's strong, everything will be strong because that is the structure, and the picture of the kingdom of God. What? The home. The home is. So, starting today in all of our lives, everybody's at different places. Some have children, some have grandchildren, some little, some this, some don't have any yet, whatever. whatever you're, Wherever you're at, start today by letting God show you How important his structure is to be invested on the inside of you for you to believe in his structure. Can you say amen to that? So, just a couple things, and I want to read these last two passages of scripture that I have. First one is found in Ephesians 4. Ephesians 4, and we'll start reading with verse 8 in just a minute. I'm not ready yet, but in a minute. Um, So I want you to see this before I read this passage, okay? So in heaven, there's the Father, the Word, or Jesus, the Son, and there's the Holy Spirit. On earth, we find from the Scripture that there's the Father. Jesus did everything the Father said, not anything else but the Father, and He did it perfectly. Right? Then Jesus said He was going to send the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit would remind us of everything Jesus did. So what's the church's responsibility? Church's responsibility on the earth is to do everything that the Spirit of God tells us to do. Because Spirit does what Jesus said. Jesus only did what Father said. So what we're actually doing in the earth is everything Father says. That's the theocracy. That is the kingdom of God in the earth doing things God's way. If there's ever been a time... On planet Earth, I don't know, I haven't lived in a lot of other times, but in the time I'm living in, I hear other people say this. Never before has there been a time where information is trying to dilute and downplay the validity of God's Word. Never before. (laughs) So what are we going to do? start preaching from the pulpit that the world is coming against us and they're doing all the No, 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 no. No, they're doing that. They've been doing it from day one. Devil's been after it from, since day one. And what we have to do is not focus on that, focus on what we're doing with ourselves and what we're framing in the world we live in so that you can't save the whole world, you can't fix the whole world. You can't even fix a whole town. You, 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 in the natural, you can't fix your next-door neighbor. You can't fix anything, anybody, without him. And when we do things his way, whole towns could come to God because of something you did. A whole state could be turned around. whole state of Texas could be turned around and have a passion for the things of God because of maybe one thing. I don't know. I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not waiting for something like that. I'm changing this world one person at a time, whoever I come in contact with. And you know where I start? I'm not starting with the people that like me. I've started and been doing it for a long time, loving people that are unlovely, being kind to unkind people, learning to develop a love attitude. That's the kingdom way. That's the God's way. It's His way or it's no way. And if I talk myself out of doing everything that I need to do the way He would want it done, then I'm sabotaging my witness and what I'm called to do on planet Earth. Sabotaging. God has a structure and a way that you and I have to grab a hold of like never before. Amen? So the, the church's job our responsibility on the earth is to do everything that we hear from the Holy Ghost. So what does that mean? Something happens, back up for a minute. What's it going to hurt you to pray in the pray in the Spirit for 30 seconds? Necessarily going to take you three hours to pray in the Spirit, but if it does, is that going to hurt you? Hmm? If you go to the Spurs game takes you from, from Kerrville to get to the Spurs game, be a part of the Spurs game, and get home, uh, you can't do it in less than four and a half to five hours. So what if you didn't have an answer and you had to pray for 30 minutes in the Spirit to get an answer about what you needed to do in a situation where you're not sure about it? There are a lot of things that you don't need to, you don't need to be praying. You know what's right, just do it. Sometimes there's things that we've got to pray, and thank God we have the Holy Ghost. Because Jesus only did what the Father said. Holy Spirit only did what Jesus said, and Holy Spirit's only revealing to us what Jesus says is true. Bible didn't even say that the Holy Spirit is revealing to us what the Father said. He's revealing to us what Jesus said. But Jesus said, and so there's a chain of command, right? There's a structure. And we got to be a part of that. And if we stay connected to that, there's no end to the floodgates of heaven pouring out and opening up in your and my lives like what we've ever seen before. Ephesians 4 and verse 8. Therefore he says, when he ascended on high, he led captivity captive and gave gifts to men. Now this he descended, what does it mean? But that he also first descended into the lower parts of the earth. He who descended is also the one who ascended far above all the heavens, that he might fill all things. And he himself gave some to be apostles, prophets, some evangelists, pastors, and teachers for the equipping of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, until until we all come to the unity of the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God. What did he give? He, give, he gave more than just one person. He gave different parts. One person has a part, but I'm an I'm, I'm overseer, I'm, I'm an under-shepherd of gates of the city. I am today. But I'm not the under-shepherd of some church in San Antonio or in New York City or some other part of the world, right? So all, all of these responsibilities are sectional. There's not one prophet that is the prophet over the whole world or over a whole nation or over a whole city. When we have our Word First Conference at the beginning of the year, we'll have people come in that have different titles, When Pastor John comes, and he'll be here for Word First Conference, when Pastor John comes, he he has a pastoral anointing, but he has an apostolic anointing. And he'll bring something to help set in order and in place things here that need to be set in place. That's what happened. God set it up that way so that we would receive from the different parts. But what is he trying to do? He's creating in us an attitude and a person becoming a person who frames their world realizing that God's the only one. Getting rid of all the voices and all the thoughts and the ideas trying to tell me that there's 14 different ways and you could choose this way or that way or this way or that way. The deal with the Bible is, it's very clear, there's only one way. Amen? But that one way will never be a one way in the earth. That one way is only a one way inside of me, inside of you, inside of each individual person. Then we choose to submit to a democracy in the church world that's getting closer to a theocracy than ever before. (laughs) I'm telling you, I've never preached this message before, but I believe in it like I've never believed in anything. And when we see these things, then we're not, I'm not judging myself with someone else. As a pastor, if I'm judging myself, myself by the way someone else pastors in, in another town, I, I'm going to defeat myself. Same way with that pastor or any other pastor comparing themselves to, you're going to defeat yourself because you'll never measure up based on what you think about someone else. But you'll always measure up when you're like this. Me and Jesus. I'm going to learn from other people. I'm going to glean from other people. I'm going to listen to other people's messages. I'm going to to do that. I'm going to process it, but I'm going to judge it, make it a part of my life. And as I do that, Then I become and I come to this place where I I, want to come to the till time. He says, until we all come to the unity of the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God, to a perfect man, to the measure, the stature, the fullness of Christ. And I I just know, because I know this dispensation of time, that that's a heavenly party that we're all going to have together. I can't wait, right? Can't wait. But yet, I can wait because I'm not done here. I got lots to do on this planet. We got a lot to do here, and we got great resistance against us, but rejoice. It's all right. God's got it all under control. I mean, I'm telling you, we just have to connect with Him. He has to be the one. I get all my information from Him, I get all my revelation. I get information from a democracy, different people preaching different messages, but then He's going to reveal to me what's right for me. And then I'm going to add that with great mercy and great compassion and great submission and great understanding to the church of all of us. Then I don't have to slap you around if you don't believe exactly like I do or you don't have to make fun of somebody else because they don't believe everything the same way you believe. Nobody's going to believe everything that you think. That's bad. Get rid of it. Think more highly of yourself than you should. You're the only way. A lot of years at the Southwest Believers Convention, there's people out there with signs, and they're yelling and screaming and telling us that we're believing, you know, in false people and false prophets and, you know, money grubbers and all all kinds of stuff. And they're out there. and, And one day I stopped one of the guys years ago, and I asked him, I said, you don't have anything better to do than this? I said, nobody's hurting anybody over here. Nobody's asked for a dime. Come in here. Come inside here. They receive offerings, but you don't have to give anything. The conference doesn't even cost a dime. Oh, it does. There's got to be some fee. There's no fee. You can walk in this place, never give a dime, and sit here for six days and receive the word. Wow. Well, But they do this and this and that. And I kept asking him, you don't have anything better to do than this? And my heart just broke for this guy. I mean, he was a piece of work, too. To lambast someone else and come against someone, you don't have to agree with them. You don't have to agree with everything that everybody says. But you do have to love people. And there was no love. In what was going on. But, you know, I can't judge that because I've been ugly to other people too, you know? I'm done after I read this. 1 Peter chapter 2, 1 Peter chapter 2 and verse 13. And I'm going to read it in the Message Bible. I'm going to read it in the Message Bible in honor of Eugene Peterson, who passed away yesterday. He's the man that spent a lot of time investing into this this Bible. And he went on, and he's in a better place. Amen? Great man. Verse 13. He's talking about people in business and where authority is concerned in business and in government and in every other way. Make the master proud of you by being good citizens. Respect the authorities, whatever their level. They are God's emissaries for keeping order. It is God's will that by doing good, you might cure the ignorance of the fools who think you're a danger to society. And people do. The world's way thinks if you do good, even when people are being ugly to you that you're a danger exercise your freedom by serving God not by breaking the rules treat everyone you meet with dignity love your spiritual family revere God respect the government you who are servants be good servants to your masters not just to good masters but also to bad ones I'll we'll read that again verse 18 You who are servants, be good servants to your masters, not just to good masters, but also to bad ones. What counts is that you put up with it for God's sake when you're treated badly for no good reason. There's no particular virtue in accepting punishment that you well deserve. But if you're treated badly for good behavior and continue in spite of it to be a good servant, that's what counts with God. And you know what? You gotta work that out in your thinking. You can't be afraid of that statement. I'm not talking about if you're being abused or you're being hurt by, by another person or, or whatever. I'm talking about when you know that you don't need to complain about the way they're acting. They're acting the way they're acting because they got issues and problems in their life, and you're here to be here to see them set free. That's what he's talking about right here. You gotta work that out within yourself, and you gotta be willing to do it. He said, that's what counts. This is the kind of life you've been invited into, the kind of life Christ lived. He suffered everything that came his way so you could know what it would be what could be done, and also how to do it step by step. That's what we've been talking about tonight, and that's what he did. He showed us how to love the unlovely step by step. Amen? He never did one thing wrong. Not once said anything amiss. They called him every name in the book, and he, and he said nothing back. He suffered in silence, content to let God set things right. He used his servant body to carry our sins to the cross so we could be rid of sin, free to live the right way. His wounds became your healing. You were lost sheep with no idea who you were or where you were going. Now you're named and kept for good by the shepherd of your souls. That's who we are. And He has a way that there is no other way. And when you stay connected to that way, there's no end to what can be accomplished. What we talked about tonight was God's way of structure in the earth. Just a piece of it. Just a little bit of information. But I'm telling you, if you'll embrace it, You'll take it, you'll do something with it, you go back and listen to this word again and meditate on it. It will give you, it will give you information that the Holy Spirit can reveal to you to make a greater difference in your life. How many believe that tonight?